0: I'm Chineo Gumake. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back.
1: Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's gonna go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Ladies and gentlemen, making his way into this podcast from Toronto, Canada, weighing in at 188 pounds, Chris Van Vleet. <laughs> Enjoy the show. It's chris
0: brother. That's a great question. Look at you, yeah, man, with a powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Chris
0: Van Well, All right, welcome back again to the Chris Van Fleet Show. Thanks for being with us on another insightful audio adventure. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online, and she's one of my favorite people to have on the show. And I couldn't be more excited for Lillian Garcia that her podcast, Chasing Glory, is now available on the WWE Network. Of course, you can still listen to it wherever you're listening to this podcast. So wherever you're listening, make sure to subscribe to her show. And if you haven't subscribed to my podcast yet, could I ask you to take a second to do that right now? That's literally how long it'll take. It'll take a second. Uh, And a big thank you to everyone who left a review this past week. Another big week for reviews. Big, big appreciation to you for that. I'll keep reading one out on every single episode as we head towards that goal of 2,000 reviews. You know, vague goals get vague results. So that's why we have the very specific goal here of 2,000 reviews by my birthday, May 19th. This one comes from gflow 7 who titles this, love it. Chris has great energy and knows how to ask interesting questions. Well, thank you so much, GFlow, And thank you to Everyone who's been listening to the show each and every single episode, sometimes it's two a week, sometimes like last week, three a week. I just appreciate you being on this ride with me. Mm, I got to tell you, it was so nice to be able to do this interview with Lillian Garcia in person. Zoom interviews are great. I appreciate the technology that we have right now. But there's nothing better than being able to look in someone's eyes when you're chatting with them to be able to feel their energy. So that's exactly what we did here with Lillian. And we talk about her legendary WWE career and how she was basically thrown into the fire the very first day that she was hired. We also get into those promos with The Rock and The People's Strudel. Mm -hmm. We talk about her favorite interviews that she's done in her podcast, Chasing Glory, talk about her secrets to looking so young after all these years. She's 54 years old and still looks the exact same as when she debuted in WWE in 1999. And I didn't expect it, but this interview gets pretty emotional. Yeah. So please help me welcome Lillian Garcia. (laughs) It's so good to see you again.
1: You too. Yeah. It's awesome. I always love your company. Oh, well, I love yours as well. Thank and
0: you. W- it looks so beautiful where we are right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do we
0: tell them what's on the other side? <laughs> on of this camera, wall? it looks beautiful.
1: Okay. This is the uh, the back patio of where we live. We moved recently. Yeah. You're in a beautiful Hi. location. I love the location. I mean, one block from the beach, but we didn't really know that we were going to be moving into this chaos that has become our place. And I've shared some of it online. Yeah, we've seen it. Because, you know, I like to keep it real and tell people that, you know, things are sometimes a challenge, and but it's how you approach the challenge. But I'm not going to say it and sugarcoat it and be like, everything is so wonderful. And we're just saying, hey, brighter skies ahead. No, there are days that my <laughs> husband is like, Damn it, we're living in filth. And I'm just like, I can't breathe. And so let me bring yeah. people up to speed. Yeah, bring it,
0: bring it right back around here.
1: Okay, so- We ended up moving in the whole chaos that it was of finding out about the protest and about, um, you know, the COVID and quarantine and all. We realized that we didn't really want to be in West Hollywood anymore because we kind of kept gravitating to the beach for some sanity. And this is
0: the start of summer, right?
1: This was the start of summer. Yeah. And so we actually took a break from the show in May. Yes. And uh, we went up the coast. We took a trip. It was... Definitely for the mind, it was unbelievable. It was I totally recommend it. And then uh, when we got back, we got into our place, which you saw our place. It was gorgeous, beautiful it was Hollywood, right? Yeah. But we we're like, this doesn't feel right anymore. Hmm. So we decided, and our lease was coming up anyway. And so we decided, okay, time to move to the beach. So we started looking. We find this property. We're so excited. We took a break from the show. We're like, you know, there's just too much going on. Um, we kept saying, it feels right to stop now and really listen to more people and what's happening and with the yeah. protest and, and just take a pause. Yeah. And so with packing and relocating, it was like, oh, yeah, this is a perfect time to, to take a, a break from Chasing glory. So we find this place, we move. And then a month later, that was the end of June. And a month later in July, our friends had invited us to go to Utah. So we come to Utah. And um, then we were supposed to only be there for two weeks. But we're loving the, the you know, just the company and just being with people and uh, the work that we were de- doing there with them. So we end up saying, okay, we'll extend our, our uh, time. Yeah. But... What happened was is that the producers from you know the Last Dance, right? The yeah, the Michael Chicago- Jordan, yes. yeah, amazing documentary on Netflix. Wait, how does that
0: get tied into this?
1: Well, the producer from the Last Dance called me, and he was like, "Hey, uh, little." Actually, WW reached out to me first. They were like, "Somebody from the or the producer from the Last Dance is going to reach out to you. They want you involved in documentary." And I was like. Wait, wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I end up um, getting reached out by them. And it was funny because my husband and I were currently watching that documentary as this message was happening. So when uh, Jake reached out to me, I was like, Jake, I'm literally watching your documentary right now. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. Come to find out they want to do a documentary for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. And it's coming out next year. And they... The, it gave me the biggest compliment. He said, your interview with Steve that you did on Chasing Glory was what made us realize that we wanted to do a different documentary because he's had a few di- uh, few already. Yeah. But he said, we've never heard the story of him being so shy as a kid that he couldn't even order from the Dairy Queen, that his sister had to order that. And to see what he's become, yeah. you know, was so inspiring. And I was like... Holy cow, that is amazing, yeah. right? So then they said, "And you had such dealings and and you seem to have such a friendship with him. We want you in the documentary." Wow. I'm like, "That is amazing." Wow. Totally. So I immediately I reached out to Steve. He knew that they were going to reach out to me, and I'm like, "Dude, this is so special." And he's like, "Would you really be in it?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Of course I'll be in it." And
0: then he was like, "What?
1: Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) So um, I had to come home for that filming. So I was like, I told my friends in Utah, I was like, okay, so what I'll do is I'll fly home. I'll do the documentary and then I'll fly back. And my husband was going to stay. So I did that. I flew home. They came here to the, uh, to where we live. They filmed it. And then I stay here for like two days and my throat is a mess. Uh And I'm like, wow, I know this feeling all too well. And I was like, probably should get the place tested for mold. Because I've had this in my past before. Yeah, Got the place tested, mold through the roof. Apparently, the neighbors upstairs, they had a flood and it seeped through, through the years. Oh my gosh. And so all our, like half of our kitchen gone, I showed you. It's half our kitchen, our laundry room complete, the smaller bathroom. Um, I mean, it's just. I don't know
0: how you're living right now. (laughs) It's just plastic everywhere.
1: plastic everywhere, dust everywhere, Um, which is why I say, like, we're trying to live here before. We're going back to Utah uh, while this is going to be, you know, reconstructed. And we're going to go from here to WWE to film some more. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, So we'll be gone to hopefully by the time we get back. It's going to be better. Well,
0: look, we have a beautiful location to have right a beautiful here. conversation. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me out here. Of course. Thank you. And when you announced that you were going to have a big announcement, what, what were most people thinking it was going to be? What did
1: you think? Because
0: you didn't even know. <laughs> I, di- I didn't. Uh, what did I think? Well, I... I knew that you were looking to maybe do some other like different branding stuff. I thought it was going to be like some sort of a business dealing. Okay. I didn't know it'd be an extension of what you were currently doing. But what did most of your fans think it would be? Well,
1: they thought, especially when the Friday before, I think I posted a picture of myself uh, on the sitting on the ropes and gave away just a little piece of the WWE logo in between on the turnbuckle. And I was like, uh, so excited for the announcement on Monday. And a lot of people were like, wait, Wait, you coming back to Monday Night Raw? And I was like, oh God, no one's guessing the that thing, right? <laughs> of course, right? yeah. And so I was thinking, are they going to be disappointed that I'm not coming back on Raw? But everyone was so great to know that Chasing Glory, you know, landed on the WWE Network. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, it is.
0: Well, it's, I mean, I saw a lot of the headlines that were like, Lillian Garcia returns to WWE in a you know different, different way. Capacity. Yeah, different yeah. capacity. I'm like that's that is exactly what's happening here. So right. you're you're back home.
1: I am, and it feels good and it's an evolution, right? Of uh, just like superstars evolve. You know, some of them go from being superstars in the ring to them being producers, yeah. um, you know, and and in many ways passing the torch or something like that. Like the fact that I get to go back home and now bring these amazing stories that the athletes are sharing with the guests. And they've entrusted me with such vulnerable, yeah. you know, and open conversations of mental health and different capacities and the struggle that is real. <laughs> you know, but it becomes so inspiring when you hear on the human side of someone's struggle yeah. and you see them as you know bigger than life, but then you hear like Braun Strowman, for example, being my first guest. And you hear everything that he's, you know, had to go through and still faces to this day. And then to know that he's going out there, you know, monster among men. But like he said, mental health should be talked about more. And the more that we can be open about it, I think the more that we can help each other out and people will stop feeling so alone. Yeah. And I think that the suicide rate would really slow down.
0: It's, it's interesting that you refer to that as your first episode because you have so many episodes I know. you've done before. First on the network. First on the network. Yeah. So of the other interviews that you have done, who's been the most surprising?
1: Well, I think there's something very surprising in each one. And I never like to like put one over above the other. So when I make this comment, it's not about rating because it's people's hearts that are really going out there and they are putting themselves out there. And yeah, there's some people that judge, but most people really... Uh, the listeners have been like, wow, even Paige, you know, Paige, she'd gone through so much. And when she came back to the WWE, everyone was hitting her up for a podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, for an interview. And she was saying no to everybody. And then I saw her backstage one day and I just said, hey, uh, I don't know if, you know, you know, because you've been gone and I've got Chasing Glory. She goes, oh my God, I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time. And she's like, what you did when Nikki Bella was just so amazing. And uh, because I got Nikki to really talk about things she'd never talked about before and shared. And she goes, you, I want your podcast. Yes. Let's do this. Oh, wow. she came over to where I was living in the marina at that time and spilled so much. And it was just so incredible. And the love she ended up receiving Um, she was so floored. The next day, she's like, oh my God, Lil, I'm receiving so much love. And it's been the opposite. It's been judgment, judgment, judgment. Mm -hmm. And now people are understanding my journey. They understand I made a mistake. They understand that I'm learning from it. Now I'm sharing with, you know, and helping others. And I think the surprising thing is, uh, has just been what these athletes have endured and have gotten through and still can make something of themselves.
0: Well, I think if you're able to be vulnerable, it allows other people to go, well, I have that thing that I haven't talked about. Or I have that thing I haven't even really like thought about in years. And if this person that I look up to can address those things going on in their life, maybe I can address those things myself.
1: I think it's a beautiful thing to know that we all have a story. We all have a unique story that does have some triumphs and some great moments, but it also has some painful moments because life is hard. You know, we we fight with our families. You know, or we get bullied, or like with myself, I I did get bullied, and that hurt me for a long time. And it even impacted me in the WWE because I had not spoken about it. I had not dealt with that pain. So sometimes, if somebody you know ribbed me back there, I took it personally. Yeah, I took it an at attack against myself where I was feeling like, oh God, this is you know, I had like a little bit of a PTSD from school. So I was bringing it into there. So the more that I was able to share my own journey of, yeah. hey, I got bullied, but this is how I got through it. And uh, and this is who I am now or eating disorder and talking about, uh, you know, being bulimic for years and how I've endured that. My marriage that I had that just, you know, was on antidepressants and, and that whole journey that I had to take, not because he was a bad man, He was a really good man to me, but I wasn't in love with him. Mm. You know, it's funny. You and I spoke about this right beforehand about the difference about love and being in love. And I want to share this right now on your show because I've really never gone in depth about this. So if you will allow me. Of course. So with him, I married him very early on. And even my family was like, this is a mistake, Lil. And not that it was a mistake to marry him, but give it more time, give it more time. You're way too young to be making such a big decision. And they saw how different we were. So they could see from the outside in. I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. Yeah. And then a week before the wedding, I remember sitting in the car with him and just hyperventilating and being like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I, I can't do this. And him being like, it's okay, honey. You're just having wedding jitters. It's all right. Everything's going to be fine. It's normal, you know. So I'm listening. I'm like, okay, I know he loves me. And maybe I am just having wedding dinners. And there were 300, over 300 guests that were coming. So I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. we got to do this. We, I can't just like call it quits yeah. now, right? So I go through with it. And then I stay in this relationship for so many years. How long were you married? Married 13, together 16. Wow. And a lot of therapy sure. throughout it because I thought there was something wrong with me that I couldn't receive his love because he loved me so much. Mm. And so then I got on antidepressants because then my therapist was thinking maybe you just, you know, imbalanced. So immediately they just want to give you a pill. So I got on antidepressants and, uh, and then come to find out it wasn't that. I just wasn't in love with him. Yeah. Two extremely different situations.
0: What, what was the moment where you went, I can't do this anymore?
1: A priest of all things. You would never think that a priest would help you out in this situation. But I remember I I went to church and Molly Holly actually is funny because I, I somebody brought her up in an interview that I, I guess I've been doing a lot of interviews now to promote, right? And somebody, they were a Christian station, I guess. And they said, hey, is it true that Molly um, brought you back to God? And I said, you know, it's never that I left God, but I felt like God was too busy for me and that maybe he's just, you know, I'm just little old me. Who are, who am I with my little problems? Right. Um, So I was leaning so much on the therapist and Molly actually saw me one day and she knew what was going on. I confided in her and she said, you know, therapy's okay, but Don't forget God is there for you. And if you truly lean on him, you will find a way. You will find what's the right answer. So I started going back to church, going by myself. And I'll never forget, I walk into this church. It was in New York City. And I was living in the place that I always wanted to live in. But walking down the streets, the saddest I've ever been in my life. And again, this isn't a knock on him. He was a great man, great man. But I walk in there and it was a priest that I didn't even know uh, who he was. He was a visiting priest. His name is Nicholas Perkins. I will never forget his name. Don't know where he is in, his, in the world right now, but I thank him every day. Um, because I really resonated with what he was, you know, talking. And it wasn't even what he was saying in the sermon, just something about him. So I went uh, and I asked him afterwards. I said, hey, can, can we talk for a moment? He's like, yeah, sure. He brought me into his room and I just, the floodgates, (sighs) floodgates pouring out. And I just told him everything. And I told him how I'd been in such anxiety and how, you know, from day one, like being in the car, you know, asking, by now we were married 13 years. And I said, you know, I, the week before the wedding, I was telling him no, and I just got into this and oh my God, and I, I can't believe I've allowed this to happen, but maybe it's something wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And how do I you know, have God open my heart to receive the the love from this guy that he's trying to give to me. And is there something wrong with me? Do I just want an abusive relationship? I don't know. I've never been in an abusive relationship, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, everything you're... he goes, do you have children? I said, oh, no, no, not with him. Mm-mm. The, one, the one he saying, he goes, the Catholic Church, there's a reason why there's annulments because not everyone should be married. And not everyone is seen as marriage in front of God's eyes. Mm. That was the most eye-opening revelation. He said, everything you're telling me, this is not a marriage in God's eyes. Yeah. And that's why I was like, whoa, what? And I just kind of knew what I had to do.
0: Did your husband agree with this? Or did he go, no, we, we can work on this?
1: Oh, no, he wanted me just to be with him. And that yeah. was the most painful, painful thing. But I also knew I wasn't being a wife to him. Mm. So by not being a wife to him.
0: Yeah, you're a great person, but maybe not a great partner.
1: It wasn't the right one for me. Yeah. And then I realized by setting him free, I really was loving him as a wife, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's what I finally did. Wow. And who would have thought, again, that the Catholic Church— would be the one to set me free. <laughs> and I got my marriage in old. It took two and a half years, but it was worth it. And then my husband, that I'm married to now, you know, I got married in the Catholic Church. And it's, you know, it's it's amazing. It, what a difference. He's a great guy. He is Love a great guy. guy, right? Love CJ. He is, he is awesome. a good guy. Yay to CJ. He
0: is. You know, if I think for most people, most people got to know you when you entered WWE in 1999. You're 33
1: at the time? Yeah, I was 33.
0: <clears throat> so who was Lillian Garcia? before we saw you for the first time on WWE? (sighs) Uh,
1: I was scared, terrified. Uh, Those parts of me that I hadn't dealt with being bullied. Um, But I also, I feel like the army brat in me with my dad being Lieutenant Colonel instilled that. Take a chance. You got this. My mother as well, a very amazing parents who always supported me. And when I told him what I was going to be doing and dad and I used to watch wrestling as a kid. So dad was like, wait, what? Like, this is amazing. Like we used to watch Ric Flair, you know, then I was screaming at the TV as a kid to then turning around and introducing him. That's incredible. So who I was, which is somebody that was anxious to really do a good job. And that was also uh, something that didn't work for me as I was a perfectionist. And so I would beat myself up a lot if I messed up. And I was learning on the job. Because mm. as you probably know, I didn't know that I was going to be a ring announcer since yeah, the day before. The
0: story you told last time, it we'll link to that first interview down below. The story you've told last time of like, they basically hired you. And then that night, you were going to be live on Raw.
1: My very first orientation, they hire me. I'm in the Dominican Republic. Uh, they wanted me to start... SummerSlam, which would have been the 22nd of August, but I was in the Dominican Republic already doing a show. So I told him, I was like, well, I can't come. And I literally had just been told like a few days before I'd already been there. We were doing contracts, like as I'm in the Dominican Republic, like they, I was running to the front desk, getting the facts. Sending it to my attorney. Like my husband was out laying out, doing all this stuff <laughs> while I'm like trying to work and get all this thing done. Because they would not let me get on that plane until all the contracts were signed. So I was trying to handle all of this. Uh, yeah, in the Dominican Republic with Montesuma's revenge, by the way. Oh, no. Bad. Oh. I mean, bad Montesuma's revenge. Oh. I lost so much weight. And it took five weeks because I had a parasite that had gone in. So and For I people get back, who might not know what that means, yeah.
0: it's going to the bathroom uh, a lot.
1: <laughs> endlessly. <It's, laughs> to put I it mildly. Chills. I had, I was in bed. Like, it was funny. I could scuba dive. I was getting my certification for scuba diving. I could scuba dive in the morning and in the water, I was okay. Isn't that wild? That is Water weird. is really healing. Huh. So in the water, I was all right. When I'd get done, I'd run to the room and then it was like, in the bed, just chills. And then trying to work on a contract at the same time, right? So it was just- And you're like, you nuts. want me to be
0: on TV in a few yeah, days? Yeah. Oh, you so, didn't know about the TV park. Well, <laughs> they
1: ended up they ended up giving me a shot. I come home on Sunday. So they gave me a shot uh, to get on the plane to be able to make it home, uh, you know, a special shot that they, they have there because so many people come down with Montezuma's Revenge. Um, and so I get on the plane i I'm totally like so sick. Then I get home to New York. I get on a plane the next morning to go to Iowa state university. I get the tour. Uh, and then I get told at three 30 that afternoon, <laughs> by the way, you're replacing Howard Finkel tonight. Uh, and here, you know, 20 minutes before I get told no cue cards. So wow. with Montesuma's revenge, yeah, like, and no, and no IFB, no IFB, no. Yeah. No cue cards, no nothing. Uh, and, so, you're, and you're not you, even
0: that familiar with the characters at the not time. Not at that time. Yeah. I
1: had left, you know, when I, <clears throat> when I went through college, I just didn't have time. Sure. Uh, so I, I didn't know who Stone Cold was. I didn't know who The Rock, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, you know, Hunter. It's funny to me now saying all of that, that I didn't know who that was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, who, who I was then is is a, a risk taker. Sure. Even through fear, I almost ran, dude. I almost ran and ran to the bathroom and then ran. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you remember the first mistake you made in WWE?
1: God, almost every night. <laughs> I was learning on the job, on
0: live TV, no cue cards. Do you remember? Was there like a first one that when you went to the back, they went, actually, you said this. Well, myself. I
1: remember, I don't remember what when I made this mistake, but I do remember that it had to do with... Uh, I would memorize who I had, you know, to announce. And then I would sit down while they were having their match. I was memorizing the next match. And so I was like, Chris Jericho was in the ring. Wait, Was it? No, Chris Benoit was in the ring. Chris Jericho was coming up. Oh, there's a little oh. dog. Just hey, buddy. letting us know he's ruling. Hey, Colby. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Chris. So I remember I introduced Chris Jericho in the ring. And then when I went up to say, here's your winner, I already had the next match in my mind, Benoit. So I said, Chris Benoit.
0: Instead of Jericho. (laughs) Yes. Chris
1: Benoit wasn't even out there. (laughs) So I remember Jericho looking at me going, excuse me? So luckily on SmackDown, I was doing interviews and they wrote it into the storyline where Benoit approaches me and he goes, and he was a heel. So it was perfect. And he was like, what'd you call me? Something like that. He goes, oh, you called me a different you or somewhere," and just went off on me. Um, so it was written in. But I do remember that instinctively because wow. I was like, that emoji.
0: The the facepalm.
1: Oh, God, no.
0: (laughs) What were some of the early Uh, conversations that you had with Vince? Did he say anything to help kind of quell your anxiety or your nerves that you had?
1: I didn't really have that much interaction with Vince until I started singing the national anthem.
0: Well, that's interesting.
1: It's almost like he was still not wondering because Kevin Dunn was the one that was a real champ of me being there and and giving me in a, a female an opportunity in that role. There were a lot of people that were like, no, no, no. Mm. Uh, I don't think this is going to work. Probably because male dominated industry, probably because Howard Finkel's a legend, you know, probably because I wasn't trained. Like there was a lot of things that were not in my favor. Right. But Kevin Dunn was like, no, this is something like he was just being that innovative, like he just saw the future and it was really cool. And I'm going to say thank you to Kevin Dunn because he changed my life, yeah. you know? And so I think that Kevin was definitely, he was my champion and he was like, it's okay. Just learn this stuff, get better, you know? And I did, I'd memorize everything. But when I started singing the national anthem and that was, so I come on board in August of 99, so... I start singing the anthem in February of 2000. And that's when I even sang it at WrestleMania that year. And that was when all of a sudden Vince was like, I really like this and I'm going to have you, you know, do this before every single show because I think this is really going to make you uh, have an impact with the fans and they're going to just get a little closer to you, for yeah. example. so And that's exactly yeah. what happened.
0: That's what changed everything he for He has
1: a pulse on everything. This yeah. man, that man, he is so genius. He just knows how to make superstars if you listen. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you just have to, you have to really listen to his advice and, hey... Also, he's not a genius in the fact that every single thing that he thinks, you know, will work. Um, but most of the time... Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like Michael Jordan, you know? Michael didn't make every single, yeah. you know, a shot. But most of the time...
0: But if you think about... If, you, if he hadn't given you that shot to yeah. sing the national anthem and then continue singing the national anthem, you would have unfortunately been what so many people think ring announcers are. The person who says the names in the hometowns and the weights. But you evolved into something that was so much bigger than that.
1: Thank you. It was so special to know, to be given that opportunity. And that's
0: not a shot at ring announcers. That's unfortunately what people think that they do. I've been a ring announcer myself for many years. But
1: think about it. Howard Finkel didn't sing, but Howard is forever just ingrained in that role. He's a legend. He is a legend. I think that you find it. I think that it's important too when ring announcers, uh, to love what you're doing you know what I mean? To really respect what you're doing. If you're doing it just to, you know, have a cool job or to put yourself over or something like that. Um, I think that's, that's the ones that end up where you don't remember them, but the ones that really stand out are the ones that you can tell, oof, they love what they're doing. Cause yeah. they're in there like giving these big introductions <laughs> and caring about it. Right. Um, and not about just getting their voices heard.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing. You also so. got worked into storylines pretty yeah, early, you know, course. which we talked about last time. But, you know, the, <laughs> I'll never forget the Vince McMahon with the bald head and he oh, <laughs> crawled under your skirt.
1: skirt. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you not know that was going to happen? Oh, I knew that was okay. going to happen. Why do you think my skirt's a little longer than normal? <laughs> so that was interesting because we were trying to figure out how does he hide his bald head underneath my skirt if my skirts are always like, you know, short. Yeah, and it's like, well, we I can't go out there and wear a gown, right? So I worked with the um, with Julie. She was making the costumes, a seamstress back there, amazing seamstress by the way, and seamstresses. So we decided that we were going to put a slit on the front. So we could still make it, and we and we made it like an open slit, so we could still make it sexy and it yeah. kind of made sense. But when I turned around and it's long in the back, then that whole angle would work. And she did the Velcro so that Bobby Lashley could come and just strip it. So, yeah. hilarious, <laughs>
0: so funny. Even though sports may have taken a little bit of a break in 2020, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering listeners of our show a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And the wait is over, my friends. We finally have football again. Now, you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action At Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. You can do it all day. Every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. I've I've done this with a few ring announcers before, and I'm curious that if I name a few names from when you were ring announcing, do you still remember Wait Hometown?
1: Oh whoa.
0: <laughs> oh my god, it's been a while and now I'll I've, give you some easy ones. And
1: now I've switched over to MMA. So I've got I've got all of I'll that give you in some there. easy
0: ones. Okay. The let's Rock.
1: The Rock was in he 270. Was he 270? Oh, you don't know. So I, I think he's 275 say, Miami, right? Yeah. Well, I know Miami. Yeah. But I, I yeah, it's either 270, 275. Mm, okay. Stone Cold.
0: These are easy ones. Stone
1: Cold, Austin, Texas. Oh no, Victoria, Texas. Yes. Victoria, Texas, but uh Two fifty-five, I believe, and you don't know, so you don't have I mean, you well, to tell you're me. You're the if I expert remember right here. Now, but I can't How about John Cena? Cena was always, uh, you know, Massachusetts, of of course, but uh, yeah, West
0: Newbury, Massachusetts. Right,
1: but where? I'm trying to think of. I think maybe he's the two seventy. No, I don't know. no, he's
0: two no. f- forty-six.
1: Oh, I think. See, he's I think two, you're right. I, 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 that just tells you, I left 2016. Well, you
0: originally left in 2009.
1: Right? And then, then I came, came back. back for five years. But then I left in 2016. And you got to also remember the roster that yeah. I've had oh to remember God. in the 15 years. <laughs> when I came back, even after two years when I came back, I was like, who? <laughs> not, not who are half these people because I kept up with the product. But I was like really feeling it back there. Yeah. Right? I was like, wow, this is really different. It's like a yeah. whole, you know, the, the change of the guards.
0: Yeah. How about The Undertaker?
1: Undertaker never got a weight. He was just from either Parts Unknown <laughs> or from- Death Valley. Oh, Death Valley, yeah. yeah.
0: Now yeah. he's, I think it's 299. Oh Undertaker. yeah, you're <laughs> right.
1: He did get a weight later on. He was 299 because I always said, really, he can't just be 300. <laughs> he could have just be 300, 299. Or I think at one time he might've been 301 or something like, that. like 301?
0: <laughs> like, he's, so a, he's a 300 pounder then. <laughs> I, I'm very curious to know, when you left in 2009 for the first time, did you have a plan? Did you have a plan for what was next?
1: No. Uh, I left and that was the biggest thing that I kind of learned is you got to have a plan. I, I, I left thinking I had talked to an agent and I was signed, and recently signed, and I thought maybe I'll go do Broadway. Maybe, uh, but actually we got married. Here's the, the the reason now I remember too. We got married literally the week right after I left. Mm. Like I left in September, uh, I believe it was 21st. And then the 26th, no, 28th, I was getting married. So it was from mon- one Monday to another. You got married on a Monday? I did. Who gets married on a Monday? I did because- it's like I ended a chapter on a Monday from Monday night raw like all the years and I wanted to start a different chapter.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I got
1: married in Disney World. It was so much fun. It was so great. So Like so in the Magic great. Kingdom? Yeah, so uh Epcot. So okay. basically okay. they have a pavilion you get married yeah. at uh, away from the property and then you can have your reception at the Morocco in in at Epcot, which is wow. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So you Learned didn't have a new. plan. You just So what well, we were going to have kids. And so it was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do... Uh, that's why I was doing, going to do voiceovers. I was going to do all this kind of stuff. But when we were thinking about having the kids, I was like, okay, I need to just slow down for a minute. Like, I'd been on the road for 10 years. I was like, I just need to pause, right? So that's what I mean about not really having the plan is because my plan was to have kids and take a break. Mm-hmm. And then when the kids weren't coming and we were waiting... Uh, I was like, okay, well, my agent was like, maybe Broadway and maybe this and maybe that. And so then I flew out to L.A. He wanted me to meet the agency in L.A. I come out here to L.A. Not with any intention to move out here. But after I spoke with the agent out, there, out here and I the weather. I mean, I was in New York and 10 below. Weather's pretty good. I come out here in January, short sleeve shirt like this. Yeah. And I was like... Okay this is really after 16 years in yeah. New York City with that really aggressive Look I'm winter, from Toronto I get it. You get it yeah. right? So I that's when I said all right um I'll come out here I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Have it move some.
0: <laughs> and to put things in perspective yesterday was cold? And it was like, what, 63 or something? <laughs> yeah. My husband
1: this morning goes to take our dog out, and he he literally uses the emoji. With a da, 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 oh. And he's like, it's cold. And I was like, do not let anybody from Michigan, Wisconsin, Chicago, New York see this emoji right,
0: right. now. <laughs> so what was the plan then to go back to WWE? Because I imagine when you left in 09, the door was always open. You, yes, You had a great relationship with yes. them. Yes. When did the conversation start to go to, was it them going, do you want to come back? Or was it you going, hey, what are you thinking?
1: So they had SummerSlam out here and this was, hold on, I came back in 2010, I believe. I left in two, maybe, no, 2011. So now it's SummerSlam 2011. They invite me to the SummerSlam party which was on the roof of one of the hotels. And I can't remember. And so it was beautiful. I got to see everybody. I was like, oh my God, I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. And uh, it was so great. And then, so Kevin Dunn was there. And Kevin was like, you ready to come back yet? Uh, and I, at this point, I had found out. So we got married in 2009 when I left. Found out in 2010 that we couldn't have kids. So now that plan went out the door. And so I miss, when I saw them, I miss, I was like, I, you guys are like my family. Like, I really miss you. Yeah. And so at that point, though, I was like, no, no, not yet. I love you. Thank you. You know, whatever. And I didn't even have an intention. And then to uh, November, he always left the door open. And November of that year, I really was getting sad. Like, I, I was sad not to be part of it. I felt like I had more still to offer. And so I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, so were you uh, serious about this? And he's like, your timing couldn't be more perfect. And he's like, and we have tributes to the troops coming up and we want you to sing. And so we got to get this done. And so again, here it was <laughs> contracts. Ooh, let's go fast. And yeah. next thing you knew I was back. It was wow. awesome. Wow. Yeah. It, was it awesome. happened that quickly. Happened that quickly. Yeah. Jeez. And
0: then I've, a- very different set of circumstances when you left in 2016. Yeah. You were looking after your father at the time.
1: Yeah. And that was, you know, so hard. And I wasn't intending to leave the company. Um, You know, at this point I had put 15 years in, but I still was okay with staying. I loved it. And, uh, but then when he got really sick and they gave us, he, they told us, he had two weeks to three months to live. It was kind of like the decision was made and, and it was okay because, uh, you know, I, I took care of him. And, and during that time is when he's like, Lil, I, I don't want you just to sit here and watch me dying. Like, um, you know, what, what can you be doing next? Like, I feel bad that you're not there anymore. I was like, well, I had this idea in 2004 for this little show that I thought would be really cool to talk to the superstars. And it all started with the females. Like, I was just so enamored with their stories that they were sharing yeah. as we were in the locker room getting close with one another. And... Uh, I had pitched it even to WWE in two thousand four. This is before Total Divas, all of that. But oh, wow. the timing of it wasn't there. Sure, podcasts weren't
0: really—they weren't a thing at all. They weren't a podcasts thing at weren't all. a thing to like 08, 09. Yeah. yeah. So
1: so there really wasn't a home. It was just before its time. So I was like, maybe I'll just do that, you know. And then that's how it started. I started in two thousand November of that year, two thousand sixteen. He got to see a few of the episodes. Oh, wow. oh my god, I, I'll never forget. I walk in the room, he's watching Rey Mysterio. And I had the, the Spanish podcast as well. And, and they're both on video. So I had Luchando. And so Ray was my guest for the Spanish one. And so he's watching that. And I come into the room to ask him something. And he literally goes, he's, he's like chewing on a toothpick. And he goes... Hang on a second. I'm watching this amazing show. And then he starts laughing, going, oh, my God. I totally forgot. Like, this is you, and here's you. He goes, Lil, you're doing so good that you have me, like, thinking I'm watching, like, a show show, and it's not you. And he's like, this is so good. So I had his blessing, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so he passed away Christmas Day in, that year, 2016. And But I feel like I, I had his blessing all over the show. And so I kept it going, moved over to Podcast One in 2017, renamed it to Chasing Glory, kept the concept the same, really just human interest stories, and then left Podcast One, wanted to put it back on video put it back on video on my 100th episode. Uh, Kofi Kingston was on. He celebrated that with us, which was great. And um, and then that's now WWE reaching out. They're like, yeah. this is perfect because we don't want to produce the show. We want you to produce it. This is still all Chasing Glory produced. I want people to know that, to yeah. understand that. And um, they're like, we just want to home it, the, the video portion on our free WWE network, which that's important to me.
0: Your podcast is about to explode.
1: I hope so. And you know why? Not for me. I really hope that, and I'm excited for it because what's being shared on here is really changing people's lives. You know, 60 men, when this statistic came to me, I was like, holy cow, we have to do something. 60 men every hour around the world are committing suicide. Take that statistic in. Yeah. That's crazy. Sixty men every hour around the world,
0: and especially when you look at the wrestling business, there yeah. you know there's there's been a history of many suicides. There's yes. been a history of a lot of early deaths. I think it's because a lot of people aren't willing to talk about this stuff.
1: You got it, and that's why on the show, it's a place that I say zero judgment, zero. Look, you pretty much. I I, I love the way you interview as well. And I wanna thank you, and I wanna make sure that people know how much you helped. And I get teary eyed oh, wow. because, dude, you're part of this. You're part of this journey. Wow. Like, thank you. You helped out so much when we were trying to figure out when we went to Hup video, and we were trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we get people to watch this show? You know, how yeah. do we take it to the next level? And you were so gracious to, like, be there with my husband and just giving him, you know, as much input. And I, I get emotional because this show is—it's more than me, right? Yeah. Even your show, it's more than you. It's yeah. like we're just vehicles to get yeah, these stories out. Yeah, it's never out. been
0: about me. Right. And yeah. and
1: you're that kind of interviewer that you understand that. This is about literally changing people's lives and getting the message out there. Wow. And now that this has got, you know, landed on the network— is going to impact people where they can hold on and not feel like they're alone. Yeah. We all go through shit. We all do. But let's talk about it and let's embrace each other and be one to extend a hand out if you see somebody go through trouble. And if you need help, please reach out for help. Yeah. So many people are willing to help, but they don't know that you need help. So they don't want to intrude.
0: It's, it's, I'm very grateful for you to say that. Um, Look, I'm, I'm, I I'm just love being able to shine a spotlight on other people. And that's exactly what you do on your show. You shine a spotlight on other people, which is why, and I haven't really said this publicly on the podcast, which is why I'm going to change the name of my podcast. This is not the Chris Van Fleet show. I'm the vehicle through which other people can have these conversations. The show's never been about me, and that's exactly why your show is so great.
1: Mm, thank you. It's
0: true. And thank you for being so open. I mean, yeah, thank you for... I, I know that this is very touching to you. This like this means a lot to you. It does. And it means a lot to me. <laughs> so thank you.
1: It, it's been a labor of love. I want people to understand. I, it's funny because I did a whole podcast movement uh, speech. And... Um, and, and it was to help other podcasters and people that are wondering, should they start a podcast? Should they not yeah, yeah. start a podcast? All of that. And I say, pick something you're passionate about. Obviously, you can see I'm passionate about this. <laughs> pick something you're passionate about and then and then go for it. Yes. And Don't make it about money. Uh, I
0: say this all the time. Don't make it about money. I, I say, if you're passionate about it, that means millions of other people will share that passion too. If you love right. peanut butter... Make a peanut butter (laughs) podcast.
1: The PBPC. Right, right. Seriously. And then you'll never really work, right? Although it is hard work, it's work you're willing to do. It's not like, oh. But it's a a labor of love. That's what it is. But if you go
0: into a podcast thinking you're going to get rich, stop right now.
1: Stop. Do not. And if you can't put yourself and think that, uh, to to say that you're going to do this at least for three years without any kind of return... Don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Or if you're doing it because you think it's trendy, don't do it. Like it's not, there's many other trendy things.
0: There's uh, there's some stat out there and I don't know the exact numbers on this, but it's something like 60% of all podcasts don't get past one episode and like 75 or 80% don't get past five.
1: Wow, I didn't even know well, that.
0: Because think about it. So many people go, oh, I could start a podcast. Me and my friend, we're hilarious. Yeah. You start it and you realize it's so much work <laughs> to you know, put all the work into writing it and editing it and yep. producing it and then uploading it. And then you put it up and put it out into the world and you realize, oh, like 17 people listen to that episode. Right. Why am I going to make a second one? Right. And then you do make your second one. And then 26 people listen to that one. You're like, oh. And that's why so many people stop. So like what you said is, you're preaching. You're preaching here. I love it. (laughs) If you can't do this for three years and just kind of put it out there and do it, then you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah.
1: And if you're worried about the amount of people that are watching it, that's the the same thing as like Instagram. So many people are like, how many likes did I get? How many likes? I put things out because I just want to put things out and then I'm out. Like I even just uh, literally hired a social media manager. We kind of needed help with all of this. Uh, I still run it. Like I still am like definitely checking, you know, I'll write captions and send it to her, but she's helping to manage it a little bit better. So I'm not last minute going, what do I put up today? You know? So it's, but I'm, I'm just like, what, what message can I put out there today? And, I, it get posted and then I don't search through the feed that's why you won't even see me liking a bunch of other things because I can't I can't get sucked down the rabbit hole it doesn't do me any good Yeah. so you have to know what works for you and what and, doesn't and it's
0: important to have people around you that are better at these things than you are Yeah. You know, Tom Brady yeah. wouldn't be such a great quarterback if he didn't have such a great coach right. but for some reason in our personal lives we don't think that way Yeah. and I'm a firm believer that none of us are as strong as all of us So if you bring someone in who's better at this than you are, you're going to start jumping up some levels.
1: Vince McMahon said it. He says he surrounds himself with people that even know more than him. Mm. Now, Vince knows a lot. Don't get me wrong. Vince knows a lot. I mean, it starts right but he does have amazing people like Kevin Dunn, like so many others that work there, you know? Uh, even what Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, all of them are doing incredible. Michael Hayes, like yeah. Paul Heyman, like it's incredible. Uh, yeah. So these are people that help. Vince can't do this all by himself. He can't be editing and directing and producing and he just can't. So it's the same thing with the podcast, which is why I even brought my husband on. Yeah. So last July, I looked at him and I was like, I am overwhelmed. He goes, I know. And I said, and I know the perfect person that can help me with this. And he goes, oh, you figured it out? Who? And I was like, (laughs) you. He's like, wait, what? And I said, babe, you have everything it takes to take this to another level because he is so talented in like the behind the scenes and the marketing and like he really is. And I said, I need you. And I said, but the the thing that I want to ask is, will you f- be fulfilled being part of this? And I said, I want you to think about it. I don't want you to do this just because I'm your wife, you know, and to help me out or anything. like. That. I want you to do this because you passionately believe in the mission just like me. Yeah. It took him just like a few minutes to go, hell yeah, let's do this. And we've been doing it ever since. And, and
0: it's been awesome. And look at you guys now. You're on the WWE Network. Network. You're touching people's lives Do you ever have the idea in your mind that you might go back to WWE? Full time, full time.
1: So right now, I, I never say never.
0: I mean, I know we'll see you back in a WWE ring at some point for some so. sort of special appearance. I
1: think so. Like I've done the the women's battle yeah. royal at um, you did, uh, the May uh, Young WrestleMania, Classic. May Young Classic, and you know the since the official battle royal on WrestleMania, I've done the first two. This was going to be the third because uh, they'd already invited me to come back and do it. Um, but so I, I feel like for special occasions, I'm I'm there. I've told them like I'm family, like. I'm part of it, like whatever you need, you know, it's great. I think that I'm having a fun time doing MMA as well. And there's an opening there, right? Like I started it last year with PFL. Yeah. This year we had to cancel the season, but then I started doing the show Prep Point where I interviewed some of the MMA fighters that we haven't seen in the cage for the PFL yet that are going to be stepping into the cage. Right. And I said, hey, it'd be cool to do human interest stories on them so people get to know who are these people before they walk you know, into yeah. the cage there. So I did that show this year with them. I did the voiceover for Fantastic finishes, which all of this is on ESPN. So that was a lot of fun. And then it got announced that I'll be there in cage announcer for next year. So that's great. But the schedule is not that crazy there where I could do WWE as well. If they wanted me to do something, I don't know about every single week, but cause that's a lot, right? A lot. But, um, but I'm always open. I'm always open if the opportunity is right. And yeah. so like with Chasing Lori, the opportunity was perfect. So.
0: And when you're doing MMA, you actually have the cue cards in front of yes, you.
1: Yes, because so many statistics <laughs> change. It's right. not like WWE where you could actually memorize. Well, there
0: in WWE, you're just basically saying the, the weight in, wait, wait in town. Yeah. And
1: but the nickname. rules and all of that too. Yeah. Trust me, there's a lot that goes on to ring <laughs> announcing that people don't get until oh, they're I know. there. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is a whole lot harder.
0: Greg Hamilton went into great detail about uh, you know, some really difficult times when he'd have to remember all of these things yeah. like that. Well,
1: sometimes they'll come in in the middle of the commercial and they'll go, those rules, those ones that you memorized, take that out. These are the new rules. And then you have to memorize it during a commercial break. I'm just like, okay, two feet on the ground and uh, over the top rope and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> so that was my whole like. Oh, I just want to get this right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why because the the records will change as to how many wins, how many losses, how many you know draws, that kind of stuff. The the weights are. Uh, constantly fluctuating and there's so many more fighters uh, and a lot of new people that I'll introduce maybe once or twice the whole season or something. If they're lucky enough, I'll introduce them five times, which is for the PFL because it is a regular season playoffs and a championship, which is amazing format. Yeah. The only format like that in MMA, you can follow it very easy. And the championship, they win a million dollars in each division. That's wow. life changing yeah. money. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun to be a part of, of PFL.
0: When you were in WWE, did you have anyone that came up to you after the show and said, man, you say my name, so I love the way you say my name.
1: uh you know who really who comes to mind when you say that is Rob Van Dam. like we always work together yeah, and that yeah. didn't that happened totally organically in the ring when he would come in. I started timing it where he would I would wait till he would come in. To then say his name, like if I saw him coming down the ramp, and they always ring the bell and tell me when to start, right? So I would time it like you know the following has oh Battle Creek, Michigan, two hundred and (laughs) thirty five pounds. I remember. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so damn, damn. yeah. But so if I saw him coming down the ramp, and I I knew it was going to take a little time, I'd be like Battle Creek, Michigan. (laughs) weighing into, you know, I'd really just milk it and then wait till he get in the ring so that he could do Rob Van Dam. Or if I knew it's got to be a quick entrance, I'd do it so that at the end of the ramp, he could do it. But then he started getting to me and being like, um, looking at me to be, Oh. To do the timing. Yeah. He started picking up that I was doing that timing. So we would lock eyes with each other and do it. So it was a lot of fun.
0: I I think that ring announcers can definitely make an entrance. And I don't just mean the the verbal part of it, but the other cues that come along with it.
1: I think it's important. uh, It sets the tone for the match. That's the way I always saw it. The championship. I want the superstars to actually have chills with the, you know, especially a championship introduction. I want them to have chills when I say their name and feeling like, oh, this is a moment and I'm getting ready to start. Because if they start like that and they're feeling larger than life, to me, it sets the tone for the match. Versus if you're just like, and making their way to the ring, you know. (laughs) You know, not that anybody's done that, thank goodness. You know, people have really cared what, has happened and, and Greg is great like I told Greg a long time ago find your own tone yeah. find your own influxes you know, don't try to copy anybody be remembered for for somebody different and and I remember even when they told me that I was going to be ringing analysis I, I never went back and tried to listen to Howard Finkel because I was like I don't want to imitate Howard Finkel. That would be even strange as a female doing that. (laughs) Oh, this is good. (laughs) This is a good Finkel. Oh, God bless him. I love him. I miss him. Um, But I had to just put my own own spin on it.
0: You probably look back at your announcing in... 99, 2000, 2000,
1: The emoji. <laughs> there it is again. Oh my God.
0: But you probably oh thought God. you were giving it 110%. You were an 11 out of 10. And you probably no. look back now and go, what was that? No,
1: I knew I sucked. Oh. No, I knew I sucked. I knew I was lost. Hmm. Not that I sucked. I just knew I was lost. But I didn't know what to compare it to. Again, I wasn't trying to listen to Howard because I didn't want that tone to get in my mind or anything. So I really had to find my way, find my grounding. But yeah, I listened to it not long ago. And I'm like, and they hired me? Like, (laughs) because I was like, the following contest is scheduled for one Like, it was so Not only did they hire you, they kept
0: you on board, which I don't know if that would happen now.
1: No, they would, first of all, they would never hire you, show you and be like, hey, we're going to put you on live TV, 14 million people live <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. But back then it was edgy. Back yeah. then it was like not the, you know, polish, polish, this polish, you right. It was like sink or swim, baby.
0: It was also, what can we do to beat Nitro? Yeah. And bringing you in, I think is oh, part of that equation.
1: You know, I never thought of that. Maybe that was the whole thing with Kevin. He's like- Let's, yeah, I don't let's I think just that's definitely put, a put thing. something different, yeah, wow, I, I think they might have been already beating Nitro at that time, but they still were in competition. it was
0: close, I think yeah. Yeah, I was the definitely in competition. The end of 99, yeah, August '99 or WWF but, was winning, but
1: but he just had the foresight of like let's do something different, yeah. you know, and do something new. And I'm just really grateful that they gave me that opportunity. And then they saw that I really wanted it because I kept studying, studying, and trying to get better and all. And then the superstars also started friending me by knowing, oh, she really wants to like give us a big introduction. She really cares about. It. Like she really wants to be here. Yeah. So I. Earned their respect and then doing segments like with the rock backstage that really helped stone cold steve austin with the beer drinking like all those things you know i have a photo of mick and stone cold and the rock in the ring together and i'm like that was my life like wow to know that like i it's not lost on me how special yeah how special that was
0: i want to i want to ask you about the rock because that's my favorite interview the rock's so special i such a He's such an amazing human. Yeah. How much prep did you have for the People's Strudel uh, interviews?
1: Not really. He just said it? No, I'm trying to remember exactly, like if I knew it was exactly coming, I can't remember, to be honest with you, like the exact thing if I knew already. I just remember... Us being backstage, Brian Goertz was definitely part of the whole writing team. Brilliant mind, which I think he still works with The Rock. Uh, It's just brilliant at writing. And I remember them saying something like, um, he's, I can't, to be honest with you, now I'd be paraphrasing. I just remember that it was these moments of him saying, I got you And just go with me, you know, and react and your natural reactions or whatever. He could make me blush. So easy. So easy. It was hilarious. So, which which he knew, which is why even the times when he would be out in the ring doing something and then he'd call out to me, I didn't know that was coming. That was not planned. That was not written. Like that was all on the fly. And it was always because he tried to say, hmm, can I make her blush? And he knew it. I'd be like, Hey! (laughs) But it was really cool. We got to be really close friends. And that's exactly, you know, he's the reason that I got to sing on the show. He told the producers I could sing and they gave me an opportunity. And then, you know, Vince heard me doing the national anthem. So I have a lot to owe to to The Rock for that.
0: I always say The Rock is, The Rock makes you feel special. Even though he's arguably the biggest star in the world, he's self-aware enough to know that it's also your moment. And he shares the moment with you, which I think is... It's such a rare quality.
1: He is great and just humble and very giving. And so throughout my entire time, he always would help me. And uh, yeah, I mean, and even we'd even go out with him. I remember Mark Henry. I remember some of the other guys and we'd go get something to eat afterwards and uh, just so friendly and it's exactly what I needed. Because I remember the first three months of being there were brutal for me. Mm. It was really hard just adjusting to the travel, adjusting to, uh, you know, the the job, being on live TV, wanting to do so good, messing up on TV. And I was, like I said, I was the hardest on myself. So having him help and, and Mark Henry, when he friended me to, uh, you know, McFoley, Foley, like having them really help the, and and the females in the locker room as well.
0: Yeah. You you know, we could, we could tell all kinds of stories about the rock and Mark Henry and Austin and WWE stories. The number one thing everybody's going to be talking about and asking about is how do you look this good
1: at 54? Thank you. I appreciate that. That will be Um, the,
0: I'm guaranteed. That is the number one comment on this video. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, What's the secret?
1: So, you know, what I really think has helped is this whole mold situation has a silver lining. And the reason I say that is because about 20 years ago, uh, it was right at the beginning of me being in the WWE. So, right, I was in my early 30s and I got exposed to mold from the house that I lived in. And my doctor put me on a mold-free diet. And a mold-free diet is absolutely no preservatives, no dairy, no soy, no vinegar, nothing that ferments, and not saying that all these things are bad, but the the no preservatives and the no dairy, my sister to this day, I think to this day, uh, I don't bring it up anymore because it started aggravating me so much. She thought that I'd had a nose job. Oh,
0: I remember you telling me this. I did. I did. Yeah. Because the, the inflammation, right? The
1: inflammation. The inflammation in my face yeah. was so big. Like you can even see it on some of the pictures in early WWE, um, I think so. And you can see that my my face and everything was, and it's, it's the inflammation from the so, food.
0: So the secret is the diet.
1: The diet. And okay. in my life, I work out, fitness every day. I try to, you know, five or six days a week. Definitely uh, doing something that you love, yeah. I think is a big thing yeah. where the stress, I have a different type of stress, right? I don't have the stress of, I hate my job and I got to go to work. And, you know, no, I have that other stress of, uh, yeah. I mean, and especially during COVID, we've had a lot of financial stress and all of that and dumping a lot of money and, and chasing glory and all. So, but it's a different type of stress because you know that you're doing something good Yeah. and yeah, you got deadlines, but you still love what you're doing. Yeah. I think a combination of all of that and just like literally being happy, you know, I'm I in only- love with my husband, like really yeah. in love. We've been together now 15 years. So I, I really believe all of it. But I have to tell you, I, that diet does night and day. Mm. Because if I go off of it, I instantly look in the mirror and it's inflammation again. And also, I can wow. tell, yeah.
0: I, I always yeah. say that if you don't love your job, that's the thing you're doing more than half your waking time. I, yeah. If you don't love your job, it's going to trickle down into everything else in your life. It's going to trickle down into your relationships, both your personal relationships and your you know, romantic relationships. Right. And I just think that, yeah, sure, not everybody's gonna be a ring announcer, not everybody's gonna have their own podcast or whatever it is. Right. But you gotta find something that drives you every Yeah, single not day. everybody
1: wants it either. That's not true. everybody wants Absolutely. to be an announcer or whatever. That's just what you know called to me. Yeah. Right. And you love this. Uh but some people like really wanna be a lawyer and they've been scared to go to law school. Yep. You know, I say. Stop with the fear. Yeah. You know, the, the F-E-A-R word is, is. it's almost like it's translating where it's uh, fake energy always robbing. Ooh. Fake energy always robbing. Unless Ooh. you're running for your life, it is fake, yeah. right? But if you can change those letters to mean something different, for me, I've changed it to fierce, every day, always ready. Now, I might not always be ready, all right? And I might not always feel fierce, but if I keep telling myself that, it's almost like convincing myself. Fierce, always... I mean, fierce every day, always ready. Fierce every day, always ready. Yeah. And I say to people, make the F-E-A-R mean whatever you want it to mean for you. And I started creating like this list of what people were commenting. They were like, oh, for me, it's like, finally, every day, you know, they were just having fun with it. Make it something positive. Yeah. And then go... The biggest, for me, the biggest fear in life is not living the fully, put, the, the full potential that you could have left. Not yeah. living fully. That's the fear, yeah. really, to have in life. And in the meantime, all the other stuff, just go, do, live, You've dropped, Be happy.
0: You've dropped so many truth bombs <laughs> during this interview. Mic drop. I love it.
1: <laughs> I won't really drop your mic, because then I'll uh, break it. Yeah. That's not good.
0: I always say... Uh, Be great, be grateful. It's how I end every podcast episode. So I want to end this by asking you, what are three things that you're grateful for right now?
1: I'm grateful for the opportunity to take Chasing Glory to a bigger audience now and to have the opportunity uh, where people can actually get moved and not feel alone and be impacted by it in a positive way. So I'm grateful to be putting positivity out there in the world, like new day, positivity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But more than anything, it's like hope. It's like inspiration, yeah. right? If you have hope and inspiration, I think you have a lot. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the people around me um, that are friends, that are my team, that's my my mom, my sister, my husband. Like for for the people around me that I have, that I'm surrounded with with so much love. I'm very grateful for that, and I'm just grateful that every day God is giving me another day to really be here on this earth, and just trying to be the vehicle to get his message out there and even if you don't believe in god that's okay like i i don't ever impose my will on anyone but but i'm still trying to be a vehicle to just send love and hope and inspiration yeah. to the world and so i'm grateful that i i get to wake up every day and 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 be here for that oh
0: those are three great things Where can people find uh, Chasing Glory?
1: Okay, so Chasing Glory, it's exciting. So on Instagram, it's at Chasing Glory. And that's for everything for Chasing Glory on that page. And of course, ChasingGlory.com. But no, it's also on the WWE Network, (laughs) which is free now. Okay, so what's great, again, the free version of the WWE Network. And remember that wherever you get your podcast, audio-wise, you can still find Chasing Glory. So that's uh, you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We just got it on Pandora. Uh, We got iHeart, Google, all those places, Chasing Glory app. So that's all Chasing Glory. For me personally, it's at Lillian Garcia, one L in the middle. Uh, So you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram and then Lillian Garcia official fan page on Facebook. YouTube is youtube.com slash Lillian Garcia. We have the speed, not speed rounds that we put up on there as well uh, from the superstars. So much fun. And then uh, LillianGarcia.com.
0: Thank you for this. Thank you. And thank you for taking a chance on me. I, I approached you when we were at a wrestling convention. Oh, yeah, you had no that. idea who I was. And I said, Hey, I've interviewed all of these people. I'd love to interview you. And you're like, all right. Okay. Get, I didn't do it get, like <laughs> that. Come on. <laughs> but you were like, like, you're like, get in touch with me and we'll yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Like,
1: there was something you. special I saw in you.
0: Oh, that's very Seriously, kind. Seriously.
1: I did. I saw something special in you in that moment. I was like, Hmm. And then, you know, going and researching and all, I was like, whoa, okay, this guy's really got it going on. And yeah. and, and I like thank that. You. So congratulations to you and your show. I appreciate you having me on. I really do. Oh, well, I appreciate you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you.
0: Well, there you have it, my friends. And Lillian and her husband, CJ, are so fantastic. And I love how they always welcome me into their homes with open arms for these conversations. I love this one. And you may have noticed that we've been ending these interviews with three things that these guests are grateful for. And I'm hoping that as they're listing off the things that they're grateful for, that you're starting to think of some things in your life that you're grateful for. Because I promise you, if you start your day and you end your day with gratitude, it is completely life-changing. Snap a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening. Tag us on Instagram so we can share it and so we can say hi. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Lillian is at Lillian Garcia. And you can find Chasing Glory wherever you're listening to this right now. And speaking of gratitude, as the motivational speaker Zig Ziglar says, gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. Mm. Hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I did. That, that, that quote is so true. I love it. That's why I say be great and be grateful. And we will see you on Thursday with Taya Valkyrie.